be seated. Grab your Bibles. In fact, we can open to a couple places uh, and turn to Genesis 16. All this month, it's four Sundays, we are looking at a different woman in the Bible. You know, there's two that are mentioned in Hebrews, and it's Sarah, but it's Rahab the harlot. So I didn't want to hit that Rahab the harlot on Mother's Day. Uh, so we stuck with Sarah. But there's 32 women mentioned in the book of Genesis. And then I remembered, you know, Michelle always teaches on Mother's Day. But this week she was supposed to have a little throat procedure that didn't happen. But I'm still here, right? Still up. So I'm going to make her do Father's Day. Figure that's a good trade. No, that's a good trade. But I want to look today uh, at Sarah in the Bible, though we read first her name is Sarai, and then God changes it to Sarah. So if I say Sarah, Today, I'll probably stick with Sarah. But I want us to look at Sarah, and the thing that's important with her that we read in Hebrews is it says, By faith, Sarah. By faith, Sarah. And I read one of these verses every time we start Romans chapter 15, verse 4. As this year we're staying focused, we're looking back in the Old Testament, we're looking at people that walked by faith, didn't know Jesus. But we want to look at the end. Everything we do, we need to look to Jesus. That's who we look to. That was their hope. The hope of a Messiah. But I start Romans 15, 4. Out of the English Standard Version says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Three words there instruction, endurance, and encouragement. When we look at Sarah today, keep those in your mind. Receive instruction from her life. Uh, understand that as we look at her life today, there was an endurance in her walk of faith. But be encouraged because she's going to receive the promise of God and at 90 years old is going to have a baby. Now... <laughs> Now, if Billy came into church today with a baby that was hers, we'd all be a little shocked, wouldn't we? We'd say, we're going to meet you after church and have a little conversation about it. So trying to figure out, all right, so you got a sister anyways. And I always think about that when I read about Sarah. I always think about a phone call that if I got from my grandma, if she was letting me know that she was pregnant, would that be shocking? You know, the first thing I'd say, put grandpa on the phone now. Put grandpa on the phone. You leave grandma alone. Okay? I don't know if I'm having an aunt or an uncle. That's just confusing. It's weird. But here's what we're going to learn about God that I think is so important. You read through Genesis. Genesis starts with the Garden of Eden. And in chapter 3, it all changes. Right? It all changes when... Eve takes of the apple and eats. Adam as well eats. And we go through and we go through Noah and God has to destroy the entire earth with the flood. There was only one righteous and it was Noah. It starts over with Noah and the family, but it doesn't take long until they're all doing evil in the sight of the Lord. They're building towers, uh, trying to reach heaven. And all of a sudden we read here though that God comes and he comes down and he talks with an Abram and a Sarai who've never walked with God. From what we read in the scripture, we don't even know if they knew of God, the Jehovah. 
What they worshipped and what we read on the other side of the river is they worshipped the sun, the moon, and the stars. They were idol worshippers. And Abram is going to be 70 years old. And Sarai is going to be 65 years old. And here's what God thinks. I'm going to start with a 70-year-old and a 65-year-old. She's going to have a baby. And that's going to start all of the descendants of the earth. That's God's plans. Now, you and I would think opposite. I'm going to find an 18-year-old, right, that's married. We're going to start with the 18-year-old because, Sean, they can have a lot more kids than you at that time. God doesn't do that way. That's why I like Isaiah 55. God says, my ways and my thoughts are not like yours. My ways and my thoughts are not like yours. So we follow after God's ways and we look at his thoughts so uh, we'll put this on the screen. Hebrews 11, 11, And I want to read this out of three different translations. Hebrews 11, 11. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. The message says it this way. By faith, barren Sarah was able to become pregnant. Now, I didn't like this last part. Old woman as she was at the time. That wasn't nice as the translators put that in there, right? Old woman as she was at the time because she believed the one who made a promise and he would do what he said. She believed the one. She believed he would do what he said. And then out of the passage translation, it says this. Sarah's faith embraced the miracle power to conceive, even though she was barren and was past the age of childbearing. For the authority of her faith rested in the one who made the promise, and she tapped into his faithfulness. Now let me read the end of that verse and let us make that personal in our lives today as we look at the life of Sarah. For the authority of her faith rested in the one who made the promise. And she tapped into his faithfulness. In fact, Sarah says this later in Genesis 18, verse 14, just the first part. She says, is anything too hard for the Lord? Isn't that a great thing to hear? Is anything too hard for the Lord? A 90-year-old is going to have a baby. Is anything too hard for the Lord? About a year and a half ago, sitting at our dinner table, our kids had left, and Michelle let me know. She says, Walter, I think I'm pregnant. After I got up from the floor and asked, how did that happen? She said, I think I'm pregnant, and I'm going to go do a pregnancy test. I didn't think really much of it until she went out to get the pregnancy test, and I started having all these, like, flashbacks of car seats in cars, waking up through the night, diapers, 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 feedings, and then all of a sudden I thought, okay, I could get back in the groove, but I, I really love the season we're in. The kids are kind of on their own. We have to monitor. You know, they go to bed when they want to go to bed. They do homework. They do all of those things. But to start over, and then so she went out doing those pregnancy tests, and she handed it to me. And I can't read those things. 
So if it's blue or green or purple, what is this? Like three or four of them in there? Well, it's negative. Oh. And then I thought, it's got to be these false alarms, right? False alarms. We took care of that long time ago. But this is a miracle that a 90-year-old is going to have a baby. Promised by God. But it didn't happen right away when God said. It took Sarah understanding to have faith. In fact, the first thing I want to mention today, Sarah really is personally powerless to fulfill this promise. She can't have kids. And what we read sometimes in the scripture is we read that probably Abraham can't have kids either. He's too old. We'll read that later in Romans. But here's what I love what the scripture does with Sarah. We won't look at it, but it says, Sarah was a woman of remarkable beauty. Wouldn't it be great that you were listed in the Bible as beautiful? Look at your neighbor right now and say, you know what? You are beautiful. Some of you didn't say that. Don't sing to them, you're beautiful to me. Don't do that song. Sarah had remarkable beauty, 65 years old, and they say, Sarah, you're beautiful. You know how beautiful she was? There's a famine in the land. Abram takes the family. They go down to Egypt, and the Bible says the Egyptians, the princess, and Pharaoh saw her, and they're like, oh, my, this mom is hot. Right? And that's where Abram comes up with this big lie. So they're there. She's beautiful at 65. You know what we read? In Isaiah 28, it talks about that beauty is like a fading flower. But in Sarah's, she's beautiful at 65 years old. All the ladies say amen, right? 65 years old, amen. Guys, yeah, that's right, beautiful. You know, we were looking through, uh, somebody had posted something on our Facebook, and it was a, a young lady that I really liked, probably junior high. And then I saw a picture of her on Facebook. I thought, she looks like my grandma's age. I thought, and Michelle's like, see, you could have been stuck with her. <laughs> All right, well, let's go looking for those chumps you were with. All right, they still work at the gas station. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you know, they probably look at my pictures. I'm glad I wasn't with him. But Sarah is beautiful. But God gives her this amazing promise. But they have to leave everything. They have to leave a family, follow a God they don't know, to a land they don't know, following the promises of somebody that they didn't learn in Sunday school, didn't, weren't taught the stories, hadn't read, there was no scriptures to read. Maybe had heard some reports of what they thought were crazy, but they worshiped something else. But Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 and 2 tell us this. It says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. What was seen was not made out of things that are visible. Though Sarah can't have kids, and we would look at it and say she can't have kids, God looks at it as an opportunity to start his plan on earth. And I'm going to use somebody that maybe you wouldn't choose to use, and I'm going to show my power and my authority. 
See, faith isn't leaping out into an unknown. Faith is leaping out because you have a word from the Lord. We leap because we have a word from the Lord. But Sarah was impatient. In fact, here's a verse that I love quoting all the time and thinking about. It's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And it says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Here's the next part. And do not lean to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. And do not lean to your own understanding. So let's go to Genesis 16 and look here at a few verses of Sarah. Because when we read the scriptures, we understand that about 12 or 13 years have gone by and there's no child there's no baby. We don't know if this situation happens at dinner time, but I always write in my Bible in Genesis 16, I write Proverbs 3, verse 5. And here's the story. Chapter 16, verse 1. Now Sarai, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children. And she had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarah said to Abraham, behold now, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Is that true? No. She didn't understand the promise quite yet. The Lord has prevented me from having bearing children. Go into my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abraham listened to the voice of Sarai. So after Abraham had lived 10 years in the land of Cana, Sarai, Abraham's wife, took Hagar the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abram, her husband, as a wife. And he went into Hagar and she conceived. And when she saw, talking about Sarai, that she had conceived, she looked at contempt on her mistress. And Sarai said to Abram, may the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my servant to your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. So how does this conversation go down at dinner time? That Sarai says, you know what? Since this isn't working, I've got an idea. You see Hagar here? I think we're supposed to have kids through her. That's where I come back to Proverbs 3, 5. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't try to figure out God's we don't have time to get into all of the ramifications of that. But here's what we learn. You know, Eve gets a lot of blame in Genesis 3, that she bites the apple. You know what we read Adam does? And he does too. He didn't even say anything. We blame Sarai for this child Ishmael and all the descendants, but we forget Abram says, all right, something Follow right along. He doesn't say, are you crazy? Are you, are you nuts? Get out and go somewhere else. Take a walk. We're not going to do that. And all of a sudden, there's this whole other situation, but she became impatient. And I remember this every time when I think of impatience. Time is your friend. We are in such a rush. You know, I heard a week or two ago, Amazon is working that its prime will be a standard one-day delivery. And everybody thinks, one day, that's too long. I can't wait from the morning till the evening. We've become impatient. We forget sometimes that God has timings and plans and he's working out 
crooked places to be straight. And he's always on the move, but in Sarah's life here, she becomes impatient. We also read that Sarah in the Bible laughs twice. Let's look at that. Genesis chapter 18 in verse 9. Now, I love to laugh. I love to hear a good story. Laughter, the Bible says, is good like what? Medicine, right? You want to laugh. Well, we pick this up in Genesis chapter 18 and verse 9. This is a story that the Lord appears to Abram. There are three men that come that we get a picture are angelic beings that are going to confirm this word once again about the promise of God. And we pick this up in verse 9. And they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, she is in the tent. And the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in years. The way of the woman had ceased to be with Sarah. So Sarah laughed to herself. So somebody comes to be a witness of what God says. And instead of Sarah saying, praise God, one more year, what does she do? <laughs> you got to be kidding. You got to be kidding me. I'm almost 90 years old. You know, we've been waiting 25 years and we tried it this way and we tried it that way. This laughter is not a laughter of joy. This is a laughter of doubt. She is doubting. In fact, if you read on in there, she's even going to lie a little bit and say, I didn't laugh. But it shows what was going on in her heart. She was laughing. God sent somebody to encourage her focus on God's promise. And instead of being humble about it, she laughs. That's where we pick up Hebrews 11, 11, because there's a shift in that year in her life. And Hebrews 11, 11 picks it up and it says, by faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive. Even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised, she received the power to fulfill what God had said. Somewhere there was a shift. That's what I pray over us. Somewhere there's a shift in our heart. That we not only listen to the promise of God, but we receive that very promise. A heart shift takes place. Because we read in Genesis chapter 21, 1 and 2, after the birth of Isaac, she laughs again. And it's not laughing at denying or not believing God. She's laughing now in joy because she's holding the very promise of God that they walked out for 25 years. In fact, verse 6 of Genesis 21 says, And Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me. Well, if I told you a 90-year-old had a baby, you'd laugh too. Right? That seems so funny. We're laughing, but we go back to, that's the plan of God over Abraham and Sarah's life to come into their life, to use them to do something supernatural. But there was a shift that needed to take place that they needed to believe. See, faith is powerful and it can accomplish the impossible. But faith is only powerful when it's connected 
to the all-powerful God and his words. Romans chapter 4, the Apostle Paul says this in verse 19 and 20, talking about Abraham and Sarah. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith and he gave glory to God. Let me read that last part. He grew strong in his faith and he gave glory to God. Lord, I pray that over every single one of us today that we grow strong in the faith. And we give all the glory to you. Lord, you see every problem that we're facing. You see every difficult road. You see what we've been standing on and believing year upon year. But we trust you with all of our heart. We don't lean on our own understanding. We don't start to wonder how you're going to do it. We're not going to help you figure out how you're going to do it. You are God and I am not. And I humble myself to your plan. And I grab a hold of that faith of Sarah, that Sarah had the power to conceive. She believed what you said. I'm no longer going to focus on the problem in my life. I'm going to focus on your promises. That's going to be what I put in my eyes and listen to my ears and say with my mouth. Not the problems. I come back to your promise. I come back to what you say. But Lord, I pray today that we would grow in strength and in faith. That when we look at the life of Sarah, we see us in Sarah. But mold us and shape us that we receive encouragement and instruction. Direct us back to your promise. In fact, let me uh, close with this scripture out of uh, Hebrews 11. 11 out of the passage translation. Sarah's faith embraced the miracle power to conceive, even though she was barren and was past the age of childbearing, for the authority of her faith rested in the one who made the promise, and she tapped into his faithfulness. So Lord, as we close our time together, we today tap into the faithfulness of our God. These stories we read aren't just stories. These were people just like us. But you listed them as by faith, Sarah. We go back through her life and we read this. She tapped into your faithfulness. Lord, I pray today that we tap into the faithfulness of our God stirring ourselves up, encouraging ourselves, remembering that tomorrow is a brand new day, and Lord, that we stop today and we realign and readjust ourselves. We get back on track, we get focused. We thank you for those promises. You never, ever give up on us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Word that just kept coming to me over and over listening to the message and then 
thinking about my own mom who's here with me this morning is the word steadfast. You see, Sarah was steadfast because at her age, she still hadn't seen the promise. And, you know, yeah, she laughed. And I don't know about you, but there's been situations in my life that I've laughed at too, thinking, really, are you going to come through? And you might chuckle because you just can't see how it could possibly happen. And so this morning, as I was getting ready, I just kept hearing the word steadfast, steadfast. And even while Walt was preaching, I kept hearing the word steadfast. And so I looked up what steadfast meant, and it means simply this, firmly, there it went, Hold on. Oh. Firmly standing resolved in what you believe and not wavering. Fixing your eyes on something. And then I'm reminded of the passage in 1 Corinthians where it says to be steadfast, unmovable always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. There's many of you here today that I feel certain, many of you women, many of you moms, ladies in general and men, that you are standing steadfast, believing for something just as Sarah did. How do we apply this message this morning? I want to encourage you with this. Stand steadfast, abounding in the work that the Lord has for you, for it's not in vain. He is faithful to his word and faithful to his promises. His promises are yes and amen, and he will come to pass. He will come through on your behalf. I encourage you also with this. If you haven't already called your mom, call her. If she's in heaven, whisper a prayer this morning, thanking the Lord for the gift of who she was in your life. I don't know about you, but I have a few women in my life that have shaped and molded my heart and my life. I called one on the way to church this morning just to say thank you for being the embodiment of Jesus in my life and helping shape me. I encourage you to do that today. They need to be reminded, and you need to be reminded. Jesus loves you, and he looks at you and says, you are the daughter that I dreamed of. You are the daughter that he dreamed up in his heart. And his word says that he has pinned a book that is filled with chapters beautifully scripted and your name is the title of the book and he looks at that and says I am well pleased I am well pleased I hope your heart has been encouraged today moms women I hope your heart has been encouraged that God's plans for you are good and that even if you are standing and believing for a promise to come to pass and you might think that it is well, well gone. He is not done. 
In fact, I would merely say he's just begun. I was reminded this morning talking with a couple. They're out and about doing ministry all over the place. And uh, they were talking about how they've been ministering to older people, an older generation. And I was reminded of the passage in Joel that actually talks about our old men dreaming dreams. And we often want to focus on the younger that, oh, wow, what they're going to do, you know, before the Lord returns. For those of us that don't find ourselves in the category of the younger anymore, God is not done with you. He's just begun. He's just begun. And the best is yet to be. Amen? Well, will you find somebody, another lady you're sitting next to, and say Happy Mother's Day?